0: You're rocking the the jet green right now, Adam Sandler. Right. Number one, you were Rich Eisen. The second will be, I see Brad Hirschberg. <laughs> Dennis Miller. The
1: and- autumn wind is caused <laughs> by global warming. <laughs>
0: uh, a legend in the booth, Jim Brockmar I do love watching Tebow play. I mm-hmm. gotta say, he just he combines all oh, the fiery leadership of Ray Lewis with the uh, with the throwing ability of Ray Lewis. <laughs> and uh... I don't download.
2: But when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen Podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen.
0: Welcome to the Super Bowl edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast, coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana, home of Super Bowl 46. I am thrilled to be able to bring you this program with the Giants and the Patriots making it to Indianapolis. Go figure that. The team that the Colts fans love to hate. The... New England Patriots are here representing the AFC against Eli Manning, brother of Peyton, in the House of Peyton Manning, representing the NFC. two teams going at it, and on this show coming to you from naptown we 've got Wes Welker of the New England Patriots, the man who led the team in receiving once again the man who led the league in catches is here uh, on my podcast, looking forward to chatting with Wes Welker, at Wes Welker on Twitter, by the way. O.C. Yuman Yoro, who uh, we have not had on NFL Network, on any NFL Network shows, all season long. He will be on the Rich Eisen podcast, presented by Bud Light, I should say. The, uh, the man who's going to be trying to hunt down Tom Brady, along with Justin Tuck and the rest of that defense. He will join me on the podcast, as he is one of 16 New York Giants from the 2007 championship team to still be on the G-Men as they get set to take on the Patriots in another Super Bowl appearance here in Indianapolis. And then finally on the show, Al Michaels, the um, longtime voice of Monday Night Football, now the voice of Sunday Night Football on NBC. He's calling his eighth Super Bowl of his illustrious Hall of Fame career. He will be on the podcast mere days before sitting in the booth with Chris Collinsworth and calling Giants versus Patriots. Uh, So let's get right to it, starting with one of Tom Brady's favorite targets. Pleased to have on the Rich Eisen podcast at Super Bowl Forty Six in Indianapolis, a man who is tied for most catches ever in a Super Bowl with his eleven catches in his previous Super Bowl appearance at Super Bowl Forty Two, Wes Welker. Good to see you. Good to see you. How are you, Wes Welker? Doing well. What's uh, what's this feel like now? Second time around for you.
1: Um, You know, it's uh, it's it's a little bit different, and you're you're definitely taking advantage of of this opportunity because it's Mm -hmm. it's been four years now and. you know, you you knew you know how hard it is to get here now. And uh, looking back at you know '07, you think you're going to be here, I was going to be here the next year and the mm-hmm. next year or, or whatever. And it's taken four years, and and uh, definitely uh, rushing the opportunity.
0: Well, but now that you're back, do you um, have fewer jitters because? You've been through it before? Do I don't
1: think so. I mean, you're const- I'm, I'm constantly thinking about the game and, and thinking about, you know, what I need to do to, to help us win and, and different things like that. And so it's, it's no different than, than any other game you get ready for uh, in your career.
0: Right. What about a revenge factor? A lot of people saying that there's, there are so few Patriots who were around yeah. then that are still around now. You're yeah. one of them, though.
1: Yeah. What about that uh, concept? You know, not really. I, mean, I don't think there's enough guys to really, you know, uh, know about it or really care to about else. Know, but what about you? What about you, what else. About you No, I mean, not, not really. You know, I'm just excited to be here. No matter who we're playing or, or what it is, you know, I want to go out there and play the best I can to, to help us win. And, and that's, a, that's the main objective.
0: Right. What do you think needs to happen for you to beat the Giants on Super Sunday?
1: Well, I, I think we got to play really well, really good game, and uh, we got to play really well and and go out there and do what we need to do to be successful. And right.
0: Well, what specifically? What specifically? Well,
1: um, specifically for yeah. me, uh-huh. um, get open and catch the ball. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's just that you know, simple. It's, I guess. Uh, yeah. I mean, that that's pretty much it. And right. And uh, you know, and then and then run with it and and do what I need to do to. To, to make those things happen and make our offense go.
0: You still led the league in catches, even though everybody keeps talking about these tight ends. Um, I guess, you know, I guess with Aaron Hernandez getting more rushes, that means more touches for you in the air. Right. What, what about, have you had to make an adjustment in the fact that this offense now, many people believe, run through these two tight ends? Anyway,
1: um, You know what, I mean, uh, not really. I mean, I just go out there and try and do the job the best of my ability, and, and Tom's going to find the open guy uh, whoever it is, and, mm. and so you just try and do the best you can with it and, and, uh, and, and do what you can to help out.
0: Has Belichick been uh, any different? Because with the media, he's been almost downright chipper this week. Yeah. He's, been, he's been expansive. He's uh. waxed rhapsodic. He talks about the, the past with mm. detail. As opposed to just moving on, has he been any different in your estimation?
1: Um, you know, I mean, it means he's pretty much the same, but uh, you know, he, is, he you know, he'll throw some some jokes in there and different things, but mm-hmm. uh, it
0: is just amazing to me how many times the Patriots have been back here. You know, it's just been it's been you've been two in four years. Brady did it three, one, three in four years. Can you attest to this? Can you tell me what it is about? The Patriot way, in a way, or just what goes on behind the scenes, compared to other places that you've been, to makes that that makes this thing work.
1: Well, I think so many people put so much into it, and you know, Mr. Kraft, uh, you know, it starts with him, and and you know, and and Coach Belichick, and and really kind of just trickles down to everyone else, and and the amount of time and effort that they put into to what we need to do to be successful and and setting a great example. And and I think we got a lot of good role players that, you know, really kind of fit into the image of what we're about and and understanding how we need to play and and understanding that there's there's a winning tradition here. And and people understand that and and know that, you know, there's a lot of work and and dedication and different things like that that go into it.
0: The MHK on your chest for the late Mrs. Kraft, Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis when he scored, he, he pointed to the emblem on your jersey. Can you give voice to what the Patriots players feel going into this game, and what that means for Mr. Kraft with with the M H K on your chest?
1: Yeah. No, I mean, uh, you know, it's it's definitely an honor to have it on there. Um, you know, and and you know, with these games that in this season that we played in. Uh, you know, it's almost like an angel's been like kind of looking down on us and and helping us along the way and and uh, you know winning some of the games that we have this year. It's it's been pretty crazy and uh, and uh, been it's been a great year for us and and now we're here and and uh, we got a job to finish and and uh, and you know we know she's going to be with us uh, throughout the way and uh, you know uh, I know uh, you know Mr. Kraft. Uh, you know, I think it's, it's still hard for him to really talk about or, or anything else, but, uh, you know, he's, he's been so supportive of us and in and, and the same way that she was uh, with us uh, through, throughout the season and everything else. You have uh, 300,000 followers on Twitter, Wes Walker.
0: Would you, would you say you put the social in social media?
1: <laughs> so, I, well, uh, considering that Ochosenko has 3 million yeah. uh, well, You I, just got started, though I know, I know, I know. I'm know. i just a baby at this so, I mean, you know. seriously, well, you,
0: have, you have almost as many followers as I do And I've been tweeting for 3 three years And how long have you
1: been at it? Like 2 months? Right? Yeah, well, if you wouldn't write such lame stuff out there and be v- my well, tweets well, I, I just need to Actually, I haven't seen any of you your don't, tweets You so, don't follow me I know, you don't follow me uh, I will after
0: this Oh, interview. yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah <laughs> will
1: my, okay, I, will, I will after
0: this interview. Okay, thanks I will after this interview.
1: 300,001, baby. That's there right. There the, and counting. And counting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, no. But you've got that working, the, the, the stash. Yeah. The stash has been something to behold this right. year. But now it's sort of morphed into something. Yeah, sort of, yeah, I mean, I just got to shave this, you know. Yeah, I just, you gotta, you know are you going to do that for Super Sunday, though?
1: Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah, I got to. Really? Got to, yeah. You're going to
0: rock the stash? You know how many people have tweeted at me saying, ask him about the mullet? Also,
1: the mullet, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, uh, I just got to cut. It's still there a little bit, you know. <laughs> I got to leave a little something hanging there, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, dude. I mean, you know, we're gonna be all business on Sunday, okay. And um, but you know, I'm always ready for a party, and it's of maybe you have a right party in the it. back, no doubt, when bud. it's all over,
0: and no then and then the, and then the uh, piece de resistance, the Nantucket Reds that you rocked with your pants mm. um, yeah. coming to the. Coming to the uh, the big game. Right. Where did where did that come? Is that is that the female in your life as well?
1: Um, that, that... You know, I think she encourages it. Yeah, I, you know, I think uh, yeah, she does. You know, she finds some things for me, mm-hmm. and i you know. But I I actually found those on my own. Did you really? Uh, I think I found you know some consignment shop had them or something. I was like, I got this blade this blue blazer mm-hmm. um, that's all wrinkled up in in my you know closet and. Those red pants would do like killer with that. Mm-hmm. So you know, I just went for it.
0: That's what Dion would call must-win pants. Like you can't wear those pants going to the Super Bowl and then yeah. not win.
1: No, it's just, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's a statement. It is a no statement. Question. I
0: don't know if you're aware of that pressure that that you have well,
1: on your you shoulders. Know, I, for that's, this coming week, you know, I'm, I'm kind of used to it. And I'm looking forward to that.
0: Excellent. Well, uh, congratulations on getting back to this game, uh, second time in four years. You are uh, with Jerry Rice and Marvin Harrison the only receivers to have four. 100 yard seasons in a row do you ever pinch yourself and say I can't believe this is what my career has has turned into
1: um all the time all the time no I'll drive to work and be like oh man I got work today I'm sitting there thinking I'm like what am I doing you know I do have to pinch myself and be like dude you're playing in the NFL and you know you're one of the leading receivers and everything else so, you know I definitely have to good luck all right thanks Rich. Wes Welker Appreciate here it.
0: on the Rich Eisen podcast before Super Bowl 46 Back here on the Rich Eisen podcast, I've got the uh, best player in the history of Troy football. <laughs> oh, you kn- you remember. <laughs> you knew I was going to say that. OCU Menura of the New York Giants back in the Super Bowl yeah, here on the Rich Eisen not- podcast. Good to so see you. Good to see you, too. Yeah, I mean, that's the way I must address yeah, you, correct? Yeah, the best yeah. player in the history of Troy football. Yeah.
3: I mean, ever since that, DeMarcus Ward came out of college, man. Uh, right. It's been rough, but, you know, I think I'm still holding on to that thing. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. You know, and, and DeMarcus... Insists that I
3: call him that mm-hmm, every more, time,
0: right. and then you you get you get upset about that.
3: Yeah, but because I mean, it's a whole you know, it's not just about what you do individually; mm-hmm. it's about what your team has accomplished with you on the football field. Yes, know? it is yeah, about the team. Yeah, this yeah, is a team yeah. sport, isn't it? Yeah,
0: exactly. But individually, you're the mm-hmm. best player to ever come out of out of Troy, correct? Right?
3: I'm not sure.
0: Mm. <laughs> you know, I speaking of speaking of team, I have a great way to dig it into. Uh, DeMarcus there. Right. Good job. Uh, you're back. Right. You're back in this game. W- where, where did this
3: come from with
0: the Giants this year,
3: O.C.? Rich, that's a good question, man. I mean, we, we always felt we were a good football team. We always did. I think we were just getting beat by big plays, you know, turnovers, things of that nature. But, you know, all of a sudden, everything just stopped. We just stopped doing all of that. We stopped giving up the big plays and everybody got healthy at the right time. and We just took off. Is, is, it just seems like th- this would be a good test
0: case for for a sports psychologist. Right. That the Giants need to have their backs against the ball. <laughs> <And> everybody wondering <laughs> if you have no chance uh-huh. if this is it for your coach. Right. Your coach is gonna get fired. Right. There's no question in people's minds. Right. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> you become world beaters. It's,
3: what? It's what what's so up many with that? It's what So I'm many times. This happened so many times before I, I don't I don't understand it but I I guess there's something about the makeup of this team that, you know, when when true adversity strikes, like when our backs are are really against the wall, you know, we come out fighting and, and, you know, we fight to the very, very end and we've always come out successful in situations like that.
0: And everybody feels in New York City, New Jersey, with your team, that this is just the inevitable run because Mm -hmm. it's so similar to 2007. Do you feel that in your locker room?
3: Um, I, I wouldn't say that. I think it, it's similar, but it's different in, in a lot of ways as far as, like, the players that are here. Uh, the storylines are definitely similar. The way we've had to get here is it, pretty similar. But, you know, it's a completely different football team that we have, and it's a completely different football team that the Patriots have.
0: Well, the, the Strahan came on my podcast last week, mm. and he said that in 07, every time Eli... Dropped back to pass. Mm. His heart was in his throat. Right. Now, he says, My man knows exactly
3: where he's going in right. the football. Is that a similar? He's, um, he, he's the man on this football team, no question about it. Um, he's our leader. He's playing quarterback as well as I think I've, I've seen anybody play this year. So, you know, he, he's definitely playing very well for us. Hey, is he a different person? No. He's not? Nah, no, he's just, I mean, to me, you know, I've been around him like eight years. Right, he hasn't. Yeah. He hasn't, um, He's been the exact same person since then. He's quiet. He doesn't talk much. You know, he, he plays little practical jokes here and there. But he he's always done that. And um, I, I think his demeanor is, 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 has been what served him well throughout his NFL career. Do you think uh, the fact that he's playing in his brother's house, mm-hmm. it means something to him this week? He's not letting on at all. I, I wouldn't think this. so. Knowing Eli, I wouldn't think that that's something that's even a thought in his head, honestly. I think he's just... I think he's just so focused on playing the game and, you know, wanting to win that I don't think he's thinking about that. How good is Pierre Paul? How good is he? Jason's a monster, man. He's, um, he has the ability to be one of the best that's ever played if, you know, if he can get everything. You know, he's still young. It's only his second year in the league, but he, he's going to be a phenomenal football player for there, a while He seems He seems everywhere, right? Right, right. Is he that way off the field, too? Man, nah, he's he's chill. You know, he he's a cool guy. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I, lo- I love JP, man. We we all we have a real close D line, man. He's a good guy.
0: Yeah, very close D line and it's mm-hmm. very similar to the one again in 07. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just take straight hand out and you put JP in there. <laughs> Pretty much it's Right. I mean, it's uh, Jason the, ain't Strahan. Yeah, man. No, no, but I know. But no, no, no. I don't. I don't mean to say uh, I, what I mean to say is it's that it's part. Say, I got you. right. Yes. Got you. I'm not putting him right, you know, right, on right. the Strahan I level. You. I mean, he has the ability to reach that. No point. question. I would no never. I, I have to I have to face Strahan. You know, <laughs> I can't just say that. But many people believe that it, that is the issue mm-hmm. in this Super Bowl mm-hmm. as the last. Right. If you guys can
3: go hunt Brady, get mm-hmm. him off the spot. Mm-hmm. You guys win. You feel the same way? Um, I don't think it's going to be just that simple. You know, um, we had games this year where we had sacks, and we still lost the football game. So uh, I think everybody's going to have to play well. Obviously, we're going to have to pressure him. Um, Getting sacks on him, I don't think is going to be, I think it's going to be very difficult to do. He's going to throw the ball really, really quick. Um, They're going to run shorter routes. They're going to max protect some or whatever. But as long as we're in his vicinity, as long as he doesn't have those throwing lanes, because if you give him throwing lanes, he's about as good as I've ever seen. So as long as we disrupt that I think we'll have a good chance of winning. And disrupting that means you uh hang hang out with your friend Matt Light. Oh yeah, my buddy. <laughs> <laughs> For three and a half pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no comment on that. You have that. no comment I, I've, on I've that. I've already said what I had to say. Yeah, I did. You.
0: I tried to get Justin see Tuck to call him a dirtbag,
3: <laughs> but he didn't bite. He's not buying it. No, because I told him, you know, the mm-hmm. value of a quote like that to mm-hmm. somebody in my mm-hmm. position mm-hmm. this week, that's all. You know, you know what, goals. Rich? Last week would have been the week to really get all that stuff what out. What do you mean? Because, you know, this week, you know, we've been hammered as to how to address the media and, you know, being tight-lipped and, right. you know, cool and calm and not to say anything inflammatory. So right. this week, especially starting yesterday, you're not really going to get much. You man. shut it down? You yeah, shut, shut it down. But
0: like, I don't consider myself really media. media you know what I mean? Right,
3: like, right. I, I mean, I am, I am technically Right. But, but you're not really. Yeah, you're cool, though. Thank you. Yeah, we like you, man. The players <laughs> like you. Oh, we? Yeah, are you, are you yeah. speaking for the players? Uh, right no, now? I really am, man. Thank you know, we're a fraternity. We like I, you, man. That I know. There's certain guys we don't like. Oh, really? We like you, yeah.
0: Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I I, I want to keep I want to keep up with that, <laughs> so I won't try and get you to fish. All right, I'll stop fishing then. But mm-hmm. so you you and and the rest of your team mm-hmm. can win um, two Super Bowls in four years, mm-hmm. and Coughlin would that would put him with as many as Parcells, Mm -hmm. and you know what Parcells means in Mm -hmm. that that, that Mm -hmm. neck of the woods. Mm -hmm. Is that something that that you guys think about, legacy and things
3: of that nature, as you enter a game like this? No question. I think so, Um, especially for some of the guys who've been here for a while. It's my ninth year. You know, next year will be 10. So, you know, it's coming to the end. You know what I mean? So, you know, obviously you want to go out in a way that's, um, you know, that will be remembered forever and you know winning or having an opportunity to win two Super Bowls in four years and the way in which we've won it it's not just you know we were just the most dominant team in football and we just beat people all year like we struggled you know I mean we fought we clawed our way into both these Super Bowls and and to be able to win it like this would be great. Do you think this is your last game as a Giant? I don't know um I I honestly have I I don't know how to answer that question because I, I really don't know um I can see from both sides. You know, I can see where else I'd be here. I can see where else I won't be here. But at the end of the day, I'm, I, I'm still under contract. I'm not going to be able to make that decision. You know, the higher-ups are going to make that decision for me, and I'm going to be a, a New York John until they tell me I'm not.
0: Then you want to stay?
3: Of course. I'd, lo- I'd love to be here. Um, I'm going to leave it at that.
0: Okay, great. <laughs> and what, so what, what will you be thinking Super mm-hmm. Sunday?
3: Oh, we have to win. Um, you know, we, we fought. I'm talking about so hard to get here, man. Like, I, I wish, like, if you were in our locker room or if you could just be like a fly on, on the wall in there for the whole season and if you see what we've been through as a team, as uh, you know, me as an individual, um, you'd be rooting for us. The whole world would be rooting for us if they knew. So, um, you know, we, we just have to go out there and, and we can't let this one slip. This was, the, Would you call this your toughest year as a professional, O.C.? Um, me personally, yeah. I would say so. Um, a lot went on this year, you know, a whole lot of stuff. And, um, you know, mentally, at times, it's hard to be able to deal with all that stuff. But, you know, my father raised me right. You know, he raised me the, the right way. And, you know, mentally, I just kept on telling myself it's going to be okay. That You know, I've worked too hard. You know, I believe in, in, in myself. I believe in this team. And things will come out straight, and they have. And your toughest year professionally could end up with you that's hoisting cool. on body. <laughs> Go figure that. Isn't that incredible? That's, that's amazing.
0: That's amazing. Good luck to you. I appreciate it, Thanks for doing this. The best player in the history of Troy football. And DeMarcus Ware knows it, deep down, (laughs) joining me here on the podcast. Pleased to have back on the Rich Eisen podcast the man who will be calling Super Bowl Forty Six for NBC, uh, the voice of Sunday Night Football on NBC, calling his eighth Super Bowl. Al Michaels, good to see you. Good to see you, Rich. Number eight, (laughs) Super Bowl number eight for
2: you. That is incredible. They've gone by in about 28 minutes. It's crazy. I mean, I, I... been thinking about it leading up to the game. And first one was in uh, January or February of 88 in San Diego. That was the year after the 87 season when they'd had the, the strike, mm-hmm. played three replacement games. They only played 15 games total. Washington against Denver. And the, uh, the Broncos led 10 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. Hey, this could be a good game. Redskins are favored. Mm-hmm. Halftime score 35 to 10. Redskins final score 42 to
0: 10. So that's the way I broke in, with a route, And then you called uh, Parcell's second Super Bowl win. Mm-hmm. Um, no good wide right. That was incredible. Uh, certainly, well, when you take a look back at it to what the game meant, it was the, uh, the Iraq right, desert, the storm. desert storm that was mm-hmm. going on, mm-hmm. and it was a really emotional time for the country in another situation where you got a track meet offense and a defense that might be able to stop it. Right, and if you, it's pretty neat. That was a-
2: yeah. We, that was a very unusual Super Bowl. That's in Tampa at the old stadium, and what it was, I mean, it was kind of—I don't want to say the end of innocence, but you know, we we know what's happened since nine eleven, which was ten years after that. But because of the the the, the Desert Storm uh, siege, you, it was the first time I drove up to a stadium, and you had big concrete barriers around the stadium, and you couldn't get close, and all kinds of. Uh, wanding and security and all. That was the the first time something like that had had actually happened at a a big event. And uh, so that game was played under a little bit of a pull, but the game itself was was pretty good, obviously, and at the end of the game you had Otis Anderson winds up as the MVP, but the Disney people are telling... Uh, Thurman Thomas, that if Norwood's kick is good, mm. he's the MVP, and he's going <laughs> to, to Disney World or wherever. And that's the way it ended, 20-19, with Jeff Hostetler replacing an injured
0: Phil Sims, and winning the game. And uh, now here the Patriots are in with a wide left, with Cundiff going wide left right, right. there. Um, and Nance was right on the call for CBS. What, what's it like when you're in a booth and something goes... Haywire, or something goes not uh, in a way that it's expected, and what, what what? How are you prepared for that sort of thing? As a play-by-play man, well, you hope that whatever goes haywire is not in the booth. That's
2: true. <laughs> but if it's right. if it's, if it's on the field, you know, right. you're ready for for every eventuality. And it's not as if you're sitting there going a 32-yard field goal is going to to miss, mm-hmm. but. I, I think my voice and Jim's voice and anybody who was doing the game, your voice would reflect the the surprise. The fact that this is a field goal that's going to be made 90% of the time, 85% of the time, mm-hmm. at, at least. And all of a sudden, to send a game into overtime, it misses. So it's it's just the element of surprise. You, you, you're always
0: ready for the element of surprise. You never know in what form it's going to come, though. Mm-hmm. And uh, play, for instance, uh, like... Uh, James Harrison's 99 yard return. 100. 100 yard return, right? Right, uh, at, right at the end of halftime. Right. That was the last game, uh, big game of Super Bowl game that you called. Who would have expected Kurt Warner is going to throw a pick to, of all people, Harrison? And he kept going and going and going. And everybody was expecting he's going to have to be taken down, right? Sure. I mean, that was stunning because, I
2: mean, Arizona's going in to take the lead. I mean, that's this is going to give them. A 17 14 lead. I think it's 14 10 Pittsburgh at that point. And uh, they're knocking on the door, and, and, and Warner throws the pass, and then Harrison picks it off. So you would think at the end of a drive, Harrison would be gassed to begin with. But he, he intercepts it, and then he's able to weave through a whole bunch of guys. He's going down the sideline, he's barely staying in bounds. The clock is running down to zero, and he barely gets into the end zone. Meanwhile, Fitzgerald is, you know, it was out of bounds, and he's trying to come back mm-hmm. in and runs into another guy. on the. It was crazy. But I was, I was amazed at the play and amazed that Harrison could be in the kind of shape that would allow a linebacker of that size to run 100 yards at the end of the first half. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Arizona then would wind up taking the lead in the fourth quarter when Larry Fitzgerald got free over the middle. And Roethlisberger would lead Pittsburgh on the dramatic drive, and and it would end with another epic Super Bowl play. And that Santonio Holmes, the number four option on that play,
0: is able to make the catch in the corner of the end zone to win the game. And and just put his feet down, and also not get called for a celebration penalty. Right. I well, mean- that would have been. I mean, that would have been
2: terrible. You would. You would have. I get it. You got to know what the rules are, but mm-hmm. I mean, for if that would have
0: happened, I mean, come on. That you, you, you think they should just swallow the whistle or eat the flag, <sighs> even though that is technically a violation. R- I mean, at certain, you and at Costas point. would have to go down right because that's that, point. that's Bob's. Well, that hey, is, look, is, I, you that know, is his bet. I guess he, his bet noir in a way. That's his. Yeah, well, Bob would know what "bet
2: noir" means. You and I were—I
0: <laughs> probably even just misused it. Actually, we're public
2: school kids. That's
0: right. But yeah, that's that—that's what he's—he's he's been stumping about yep. that whole thing very, very famously in the in the halftime uh, right. essay that he had. There
2: well, game. look, there are some some things that really hurt your team tremendously. I mean, Vernon mm-hmm. Davis last week jumping up on the uh, the camera stand. I mean, that's 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 key. I mean, all of a sudden you're given instead of a touchback, right. now you you're forcing a kickoff from the. The 20-yard line, stuff like that makes a big difference. It can. Mm -hmm. And so uh, coaches, I'm sure, tell these guys over and over and over, and Mm -hmm. then
0: something gets into them and away they go. So do you have a favorite of the previous seven Super Bowls? Do you have one? Did we talk about them?
2: Arizona-Pittsburgh would be the game. Yeah, because, because that game was back and forth featuring a vaunted franchise and an iconic team against a team that had never even sniffed anything close to the Super Bowl, coming out of nowhere with Kurt Warner trying to, to win another Super Bowl, with Larry Fitzgerald having one of the greatest postseasons yeah. that any player has ever had, and some attractive you know, defensive players as well on, the te- uh, on, on, on that team, you know, an engaging young coach in Ken Wisenhunt. But they shouldn't have been there. I mean, Chris Collinsworth had called them at the end of the regular season the worst team to ever get into the playoffs. And then they go on that run where they knock off Atlanta, they go to Carolina, beat them on the road, beat Philadelphia at home, and here they are. And now they're a few minutes away from winning the Super Bowl. So you had that element, the back-and-forth, back-and-forth, and then you had the Harrison play and the Holmes play. And then the game ends with Warner you know, trying to throw a pass to the end zone at the end of the game, which they ruled a fumble, which might have been ruled, right. I thought, a tuck rule now, let's say they rule that the tuck rule, no, and then Warner gosh. has one more play, and Kurt throws the ball to Fitzgerald, catches a Hail Mary in the end zone. That would have been the all-time off-the-charts insane, <laughs> nothing would ever top it ending. Right. But I mean, that would be my favorite game.
0: And Fitzgerald also had a dash right up the middle of the field to, to him the lead. To give him the lead. That was an incredible play, too. Right. It really was. And, and if you think about it, going into it, I'm sure it doesn't, you know, knock on wood, it really doesn't matter who's in the Super Bowl in terms of ratings, but... It could have been I, I, may, maybe a few ratings points. Who knows? But Not that know, many, Arizona, no. you know what I mean? Like Arizona, everyone was like, Arizona against Pittsburgh. It could have obviously been yeah. a much bigger matchup maybe. as well. But, he, here's, but
2: here's my take on that, Rich. It's my boss, Dick Ebersole, right. at that time. And Dick is thinking in terms of, you know, how can it be? We want Pittsburgh, Philadelphia. He wanted it. I'm right. going, well, Dick, Dick, it doesn't matter. So the day after the game, he goes, ah, you know, the Arizona Cardinals, and it's our game. I said, Dick, it's the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Nobody wakes up. A a couple doesn't wake up on Sunday morning, and the husband says, Zelda, we're going to the movies because the Arizona Cardinals are playing in that game. That that doesn't happen. So here you have the Super Bowl. It's still Super Sunday. you got a phenomenal game. The ratings come out the next day. The most eyeballs in the history of television. Hello, right. So that it tells you what the Super Bowl is. It really almost doesn't matter who plays. And you never would find. Th- and that's
0: your your most favorite.
2: Yeah, I just think the, the, call- on, on a number of levels. I thought that our production crew, f- led by Fred Goodelli and Drew Estykov, tremendous. I mean, these are two iconic plays. And if you if you blow the coverage of those plays, mm-hmm. technically, you live with that forever too. They were. Bang, right on Madden's the whole thing. It last game, too. It turned out to be John Madden's last game, which I didn't know, which, again, makes it even something more to savor for me because mm-hmm. I, 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 we came out of the booth and we both felt great about the whole thing. The production crew had a phenomenal day. The game is fantastic. It's the Super Bowl. And I had no idea. I thought, you know, I'll three more years with John, so I was stunned. But that's a, it's a wonderful way to think back after seven years with John that
0: it would end with the game that you know I consider my favorite. And I remember what Collinsworth said about the Cardinals because – Ken Wisenhunt came on Total Access on Monday when he arrived, mm-hmm. and he thought I said it. Oof. Nice. And he comes on the set, and I would met him before, and he was always very cordial, came on the set with Adrian Wilson, looked at me stone-faced, walked right past me. I'm like, well, what was that all about? And in the commercial break, we're a minute to go. I'm like, you know, Coach, is everything all right? And he goes, I can't believe you'd say that about my team. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, worst playoff team? I goes, please. And I'm like. Not, that was not hello? me, that was Chris Collinsworth, you know, and, and uh, he was using that as the mantra all week, he was beating that drum that mm-hmm. nobody believes in us, mm-hmm. nobody thinks that we can do it, and they darn near pulled it off. We're uh, just pawns,
2: you know, right? We are pawns, we're Even media pawns. Even if we're not at fault, it's kind of like at home, too, mm-hmm. when your wife gets
0: on your back, you know,
2: it's, not, <laughs> it's not
0: my fault, but it is your fault. I know, I, yeah. I should use that with my wife, is it's not me, yeah. it was Collinsworth, right? I don't know if that's going to cut much ice. Susie, you hear this, right? <laughs> She's going to get with that one. So, what do you think about this one? Uh, Talk about incredible endings and games, uh, the Super Bowl 42 between these two teams uh, was epic. Mm -hmm. Certainly, uh, Patriot fans have been seeing the Tyree catch over and over again the past week. What do you think about this rematch in this Super Bowl? Well, I think the two two evenly
2: matched teams, I think the game could be a toss up. The Patriots are obviously slightly favored. both quarterbacks are playing you know, really well, despite what Brady says about his performance in Baltimore. He right. didn't play particularly well then. We know that. But, Tom, when you look at the bigger picture, Tom is Tom. Eli's playing great. Giants' running game is getting a little bit better. Giants' defense is getting a lot better. Patriots, their running game is better than people give them credit for. Their defense, somehow they mix and match. And, look, Belichick is fantastic. And to me, one of the great matchups in this Super Bowl is uh, two coaches that I have – the utmost respect mm-hmm. for, who are men of supreme intelligence, really are. I mean, the fact that uh, they, they've done what they've done for so long. And Belichick gets his props because Bill's done it and he's, he's hoisted the Lombardi Trophy uh, on, on several occasions, including as an assistant coach with, with Parcells in that 1990 game. And I think Coughlin, Coughlin has never gotten what I feel is the respect he deserves because in covering the NFL for 26 years, the main primetime game. I've, I've covered Tom over 20 times, uh, and I've watched a lot of games, both with Jacksonville and and the Giants. And I think inside the game, from start to finish, he's as good strategically as anybody I've seen in those 26 years. I'm not putting him number one, but I'm saying he's in the mix of of the best that that know how to clock management. Mm-hmm. His teams are always prepared. Very rarely when you see a Tom Coughlin team come into a game and look horrendous.
0: He's also real good on challenges too. He doesn't He has been well he very, he, he had a, he had right. a rough stretch. He
2: he right, the, but. the great thing uh, I've enjoyed I met him years ago and I, I i've just and, and, you know I enjoy just talking about football with him, and also he 's a you know very well read man very i mean he 's a man of 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 many layers mm-hmm. uh, in addition to football, and a good good guy and i was very you know i was very happy for him in two thousand and seven uh, not that you 're rooting against one team or, or the other, but I was just happy for him because I felt that he was getting Some of the respect that he should have gotten. And I think, you know, this maybe will elevate him to another plane and people will understand. You know, it's so funny because fans look at coaches and so much of it has to do with what they look like on television. Yeah. And Tom is not, Tom doesn't look like a warm and fuzzy guy on television. So as a consequence, you're ready to, you know, if you're a fan of that team and the team is losing, you want him out of there. Mm-hmm. You want a guy who looks—I don't know, whatever—more coach-like, or maybe you just get tired of looking at the same coach. <laughs> yeah, right. But that's—and that's how we we draw our uh, our opinions of people, and it's uh, it's so unfortunate because uh, I mean inside Tom Coughlin's brain, there's a lot of stuff spinning around, and it's spinning around pretty good.
0: Now there's a lot of legacy. This is a legacy game. Let's put it that way for a few people. Coughlin's mm-hmm. one of them. If mm-hmm. you think about it, uh, Parcells. Won his first Super Bowl with the Giants in his fourth year as Giants head coach. Mm-hmm, 86. Then his, and then his second one in his eighth year as Giants head coach. Mm-hmm. Conflin won his first fourth year as Giants head coach. Mm-hmm. This is his year eight. He could do the same he thing. He could do the same thing. As Bill Parcells, who you know in New York City, that is. Yeah. Uh, and New Jersey. I mean, he's the boss of New Jersey. That, that, yeah. that tuna is New York football. Conflin could do the same darn thing. He could, if right? If you think about it. Right. And, and then you got Brady, could match Montana with rings. You got Belichick, who's one shy of Don Shulin just appearances right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. a lot, there's a lot of stuff that you'll be talking about. Ownership,
2: ownership. Bob Kraft, who I think runs as good a ship as any I've seen in sports in all those years. Six-one. The the Mara family, you know, with John and Steve Tisch owning the team. And, you know, the Mara family goes all the way back to the the beginnings of the league. You know, look, these are two really well-run organizations. And another guy who doesn't get a lot of credit is Jerry Reese, the yep. general manager of, of, of the Giants. I mean, they're ready to run him out of town, too, at the beginning of the year with all those injuries. But you know what? They always they stay the course. And that's been Coughlin's thing, too, through the year. They stay the course. And when things look dire, as they did for the Giants, when they, were, they went from 6-2 and two to 6-6, six and six, mm-hmm. calm down. You know, Won the big game in Dallas, lose to Washington, but then come back and beat the Jets and beat Dallas again in, in that final game to get in there.
0: So what's it going to be like for you when you're in the booth? And they're kicking it off. It's Super Bowl 46. The talk time for talk is over, and now it's time for America mm-hmm. to sit down and listen to you and Chris Collinsworth. What is that going to be like?
2: You just you try to. You don't have to try to because I mean you're very focused, obviously. And every time you do something like this, phew, fortunately I'm able to be like a horse in the starting gate, and I put the blinders on, and I'm looking straight ahead, and I don't see anything else. But the game, and then you just try to, um, you don't, I don't want to say slow it down, but just relax, let the game get off to the start. It's going to get off to, and see where the game begins to take you. And to me, in broadcasting, you know, it's always been the game is the the melody, and we're providing the lyric. And hopefully, the melody is really good. And then the, you don't have to overdo the lyrics. Just make the lyrics match the melody. And that's how I, I look at this thing. So, you know, you get excited at times when you should get excited. There are parts of the game where it's just, you you know, you have to be in, in lockstep with what's taking place. So it'll be very exciting once the game starts. A lot of fun. You know, we're ready to go. We're, you know, we're armed to the teeth with everything we need to know. But let the game come to you. Uh, we might co- We might go into this game with 50 fantastic stories of which... 47 will wind up on the cutting room floor mm-hmm. because you know what? They won't be germane to what's happening. Now maybe three will be really good. And then what you try to do too is be ready in case there is a relatively obscure player who does something tremendous and becomes mm-hmm. a hero right. to be able to very quickly frame him in the sense that you, you people begin to understand. Even hardcore fans might not know that much about, you know, a, a, a Nickelback or somebody that, you you then have to put into into context and perspective, but you just kind of let it let it go. You're excited, but you know everybody's got to be working as a team. And you know as well as I do that you know you're you're in that booth, and it's not just me, and it's not just Chris. We got and, uh, we, we, there's a lot of stuff going on back and forth between the truck and the booth, and you just want to all stay in sync. Yeah, absolutely,
0: I look forward to it, Al. Thanks, Thanks so Rich. Thank for you very much. Coming right. back on again, as always. That's Al Michaels going to call the big game on NBC here on the Rich Eisen podcast. Al Michaels, everybody. I want to thank Al. I want to thank Wes Welker. I want to thank OCU Minoru. I also want to thank uh, Chris Law, my podcast producer, uh, for all of his hard work. He helped put the set together in Indianapolis for the television show that airs, that debuts midnight Eastern on Thursday night. Check your local listings for other re-airs of the television version of this podcast. Chris Brockman is back in Los Angeles putting the thing together. Drew Ohlmeyer, I want to thank him for helping book this show. Uh, wouldn't have happened without his hard work, and uh, also uh, I want to thank him and, and everybody else who, who put this podcast together from Indianapolis. I want to also alert you to uh, more audio podcasts coming uh, out of Indianapolis this week. Um, Wednesday and Thursday, I spend seven hours hosting Super Bowl Live from the Media Center in Indianapolis, and it's one of my favorite shows to do all year long. The uh, best of the best that come through the halls of the media center at a Super Bowl. Former players, current players, Hall of Fame players, celebrities. Uh, right now, Madonna is booked to sit down on NFL Network. I, I'm, I've to- I told Carson Daly on this podcast last week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit down with Madonna. And I'm telling you, me and Madge are going to kick it. I'll tell you that right now um so all of those interviews conducted on the Super Bowl live shows Wednesday and Thursday if you didn't see them on NFL Network or you did and you want to hear them again it's uh, it's good listening we did that last year for the podcast we're going to do it again this year it's all going to be released on Friday so it's something for you to to listen to and and uh, take you from Friday all the way to the big game listening to all the interviews that I'm I'm um going to be conducting along with Mooch and Marshall Falk and Irvin are going to be part of this whole thing. It's an extravaganza, so keep an ear out for that and obviously an eye out for that one in your iTunes or uh, whatever inbox you have to download this podcast. So again, I want to thank everybody who helped put this first On the Road at the Super Bowl version of the Rich Eisen podcast together. I am your host, signing off.
3: Stay
2: listening, friends.